Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well, and I hope you're all having a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in to this podcast today. Um, I Again, I pray that it'll be a benefit to you, and that we can all be spiritually enriched from this, because that's the whole goal. The whole goal of this podcast, my whole mission for this podcast is that it would be something that would be spiritually enriching for us, that would help us in our everyday Christian lives, and that's what motivated me to talk about what we're talking about this season. If if you're just tuning in with us uh, with this episode, we started a new season last week. Uh, we're talking and going through the book of Proverbs, and last week we talked about what is a proverb and what the whole book of Proverbs is about, and basically it's just about gaining knowledge and wisdom for life, basically. And and so we kind of introduced Proverbs and what it's about and what a proverb is last week. And so I'd love for you to go back and check out last week's episode. Um, today we're going to look at the very first verses right after the introduction. We're going to look at the very first verses right after the introduction that we talked about last week. And you'll see kind of, you'll get kind of a, basic review, a very, very light review, I guess I should say. You'll get a light review of what we talked about last week uh, today. And so without further ado, let's get started. Um, Our proverb, I should say the the two verses we're going to be looking at today is Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and it reads, Hear, my son, your father's instruction." And forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. I actually just taught this passage a few weeks ago to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're doing a a 13-week series with our teenagers and parents together. We're doing a combined class with the adults and the kids on building godly homes. That's what we've been talking about, building godly homes. And in particular, my this passage, I used it to talk about the qualities of godly youth. I, I got a lot of my ideas from the uh, Lads to Leaders Pearls study book. And so uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, the author to the chapter that I got some of this from had a lot of good ideas. But a lot of this is also my own original ideas as well. But... When I think about this passage, this proverb, because again, like we talked about last week, Proverbs are, and the book of Proverbs in particular, are to help people look at it and get insight for the daily life on what to do in these situations when they occur and how it applies to the people in the moment. You know, Proverb helps people deal with situations. That's what Proverbs does. It helps us in our practical lives, the daily wisdom, and the whole point of the book of Proverbs is to gain wisdom, knowledge, Right. And the beginning of knowledge is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? That's kind of where the introduction ends at in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And so here we are to the next two verses right after this introduction, and we see where, you know, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. You know, obviously, you could look at this as a... And so how, what does this mean for us today? We're going to get into it. And 
to me, you know, the first thing that I think about here when I read this proverb is this little phrase, my my son. I think it's interesting here that, I guess before I get into that, I think the first thing that I learned from this verse is that godly people will have godly mentors. And so I'll now I'll explain what I mean by that. Godly people will have godly mentors. And so this phrase, hear my son, your father's instruction, obviously is probably pointing to biological, like a biological father talking to his son, right? That makes sense. But also, I think it could also just mean kind of like a mentor talking to, I say it's, it's, it's most definitely Solomon talking to his kids probably. But also, I think that you could use this and apply it to a mentor talking to the mentee, if that makes sense. Kind of like um, Paul, right? Paul referred to Timothy and Titus as his sons, but we also, we know that Paul had no biological children, right? And so, because Paul was never married, and that's something that he talks about in his letters, um, but Paul referred to Timothy and Titus as his sons. So obviously, he was not their biological father, but he was their mentor. He was in the role of like Solomon here saying, um, son, here my son, you're, you're t- basically your father's instruction, your spiritual father, right? And forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants around your neck. And so it makes me think that godly people will have godly mentors. Because, you know, what is a mentor? A mentor is someone who kind of guides, right, and teaches and disciplines and corrects when needed, right? Mentors know the way, and they show the way. Mentors train. Just like if any of you ever played sports or picked up a hobby like playing guitar or piano, you had to have a teacher, right? A mentor who taught you how to do things. You you weren't able to just pick it up immediately and do it. Even no matter how much natural talent you have at something, you're not able to just pick it up and do it. You have to have a mentor, someone to train you. And so for us, you know, maybe our mentors are our parents, maybe our mentors are uh, an, an older lady or gentleman at church who helps teach us, you know, maybe our mentor is a coach, a teacher, a person at work who we look up to a lot, you know, whatever. Bottom line is, is we all have a mentor, but I think the most important thing is that just like what Solomon had just said in verse 7, right? The beginning of knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Is we don't just, godly people will not have, will not just have a mentor, they will have a godly mentor, someone who is spiritual in and of themselves. And so when I think about, when you're thinking about your mentors, or if you are a mentor, you know, if you're a parent with kids, or if you are a, a teacher or a coach, who works with young ears and young minds, what are you teaching them? Are you teaching and embodying the right things? You know, what are you doing to be a godly mentor? Or if you are younger and you are being mentored, well, technically, no matter how old you are, you should always have someone who's mentoring you. You should always want to be mentored because godly people seek knowledge and seek growth, and godly people want godly mentors. And so for all of us, we have to look at the people who we consider our mentors and make sure, are they being a godly example for me? Are they teaching the right things, right? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Fearing God is something, 
I think about fearing God right there in verse 7. You know, what does it mean? Well, it's kind of like a healthy respect and love for God, right? Understanding who he is. That's what that means, roughly. And so is fearing God something we immediately understand as kids? Is fearing God or understanding the Bible and Scripture something we immediately understand? No. Someone has to show us. Someone has to mentor us the same re- the same way like we don't just immediately know how to play guitar and we don't just immediately know how to do our multiples of nine and eight, you know, and do our multiplication tables. You know, someone has to teach us. We have to get mentored. And so we need to be mentored. And so that's the first thing these these verses show me in Proverbs 1, 8, 9 is that godly people will have godly mentors. The second thing I think it teaches us is that godly people will receive instruction. You know, in particularly, you know, here it's talking about a son you know, a younger person listening to their parents' instruction. But again, God's people should receive instruction well. So the second thing I believe this passage teaches us is that, and what we need to learn in our lives, if we're going to be godly people, you know, we got to make sure we have a godly mentor and we got to make sure we're being godly mentors. And second, if we're going to be godly people, we need to receive instruction. And what do I mean by receive instruction? Um, Well, let's look at it this way. A mentor or a teacher can only do their job if the young person or the person being mentored chooses to receive the instruction. Does that make sense? Basically what I'm saying is is actually wanting to learn. You know, a kid could come to Sunday school and church their whole life, but if they don't want to learn it and they choose not to receive the instruction and they just ignore everything, then they're not actually learning anything. And so the same goes for us, you know, as godly people, we need to be open and attentive attentive, and willing to learn and to receive instruction because regardless of what we think, we do not know it all. <laughs> I like to think I do. I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, but a lot of times we, we think that we know more than we actually do and we don't, we're not willing to learn and be open-minded to scripture and to different things. And so we need to work on receiving instruction from people because... There's wisdom to be to be learned. And so, hear, my son, your father's instruction, right? When I think of this word hear, you know, hear can mean a few things. There's like hearing a sound, right? Like if you if you heard, uh, if you're in a quiet room and all of a sudden you hear something creak and you look to the door and you're like, oh, my goodness. Have you seen all those memes about like when people are home alone and then all of a sudden like they hear a, a creak and then they're like grabbing the gun and sitting in the corner because they're like, oh my goodness, who's here? Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen those memes, but they're hilarious. You so so here could mean that, like hearing a sound, and hearing can also mean listening and understanding. And so, which here do you think Solomon is meaning here? <laughs> I'm using here a lot. He's meaning listening and understanding. Listen and understand, and to be able to listen and understand something, you got to be able to do it. Right. If you truly understand something and you truly learn something and you listen to someone, you should be able to do what they're telling you to do, understand what they're telling you because you listened well. So that's how you know if you are really listening and if you really understand something is can you emulate it and do it in your life. I think about whenever I was growing up and whenever me and my siblings would be playing outside or something and then mom would come and call for you know, and say that dinner's ready or lunch is ready or whatever the case may be, you know, food is ready. 
I never had a problem hearing and understanding what that meant. And I would always run inside because I wanted to eat and I loved food. <laughs> I still love food, probably too much. Um, but there's a difference in just hearing something versus understanding it and listening to it and applying it in your life. And so that's what we have to do. I think of two other passages, right? Uh, in Proverbs, uh, another proverb that, uh, since it's so closely related to this, and we probably won't study it in detail, since and we're going to mention it here. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, Solomon writes, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts, or I give you good teaching. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. And so here, again, we see, listen to your parents' instruction, or you listen to your mentor's instruction. Listen to whoever is your godly mentor. Listen to their instruction. Be 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 attentive. Be attentive. Listen. And you will gain insight. Don't forsake that teaching, right? Not only will you, you know, not only are we to keep the commandments, but when we keep the commandments, we will live and not forget, right? Living. And I think what he means here by live is that we'll have a good quality of life. We'll actually be able to live if we listen. So we godly people need to receive instruction. We need to be willing to receive instruction, right? Godly people will do more than just hear words, right? They will listen carefully and try to soak it into their hearts. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, right? Verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so here specifically, again, it's talking about young kids, but the point is, is that, you know, and here I'll specifically mention families, but obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's what we're supposed to do, right? Even if you don't always like what your parents tell you or you don't agree with it, you know, you need to listen to them and respect them because it's right in the Lord and because if you do, it'll go well with you and that you'll live long in the land. That promise is still going along, going on today. If Paul used it after the Old Testament and the New Testament, it still applies to us today as well. And I think it's important for the mentors out there, if we're if we are going to be mentors, is in verse four, where Paul says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so as a mentor, you don't need to provoke and discourage. Because provoking is kind of like discouraging and aggravating. But you need to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The discipline and instruction of the Lord is loving and kind. It doesn't mean it's not firm, but it's loving and kind, and it's not like antagonistic, if that makes sense. And so we have to remember that as the mentors. And so my question for you guys is, you know, we've looked at, you know, godly youth, or godly youth. That was for my class when I taught this class. But for us, as godly people, we will have godly mentors. Are the people you're looking up to and listening to godly people, or are they not? Are you being a godly mentor, or are you not? For the second point, how godly people will receive instruction, do you believe you receive instruction well? Do you actually listen to people? Do you go to church and actually soak in 
what the Bible class teacher is teaching or what the preacher is preaching and what the words and the songs are saying? Do you actually soak that in or are you just hearing the sound versus listening? Because if we don't receive instruction well and we don't show that we're listening attentively to the word, why would our kids or the people we're mentoring do the same if we're not doing it? And so we have to practice what we preach. The last thing that I believe this passage teaches us, I mean, there's so many things it teaches us, but I just pulled out three things to, for time's sake. But this third thing I believe that it teaches us is that godly people are admired for the right reasons. Godly people are admired for the right reasons, right? We hear this, the first verse, right? Hear my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching. That's verse 8. And then verse 9. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants around your neck. And so what does this mean? So basically this is kind of like, you know, a graceful garland, you know, something that looks nice that you would wear on your head and, and a pendant around your neck like a necklace, right? They look nice. That's kind of the point here. That's what this is saying. You know, it looks nice. This instruction and teaching looks nice when you live it out. What is the purpose of wearing jewelry or a watch or a necklace or chains or whatever it is that you wear? Why do you wear it? I used to have a silver cross. I actually still have it, and I have like a silver uh, Seiko watch that's really nice. I used to wear them a lot. I got them whenever I was in college, and I liked it. You know, I liked wearing them. And why did I like wearing them? I didn't wear the watch to tell time. I usually just looked at my phone for the time. You know why I wore that watch? Because the watch made me feel good. It gave me confidence, and it looked good, and people noticed it because it was shiny. As the people call it today, it was icy. <laughs> and I wore a, a similar silver chain with a cross on it. And I realized one of the reasons I stopped wearing it is I was wearing it for more of a fashion piece than to actually bring attention to my Lord and Savior who died on that cross for me. And so I stopped wearing it. But why do we wear jewelry and chains and things like that? To make us look good, to give us confidence. I'm not, and now I'm not sitting here saying that anything's wrong with jewelry or chains or anything like that. Or if you wear a cross necklace or you have a, a tattoo of a cross or, you know, whatever it is, anything like that. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm telling you my intentions were to make me feel good and to look good. And because it complimented my clothing and it made me feel, I thought I'd get compliments on it. I thought it would look good. And... I wasn't representing, you know, I wasn't wearing the cross to bring attention to Jesus. It was more to bring attention to myself, and so that was wrong, and so I took it off. And that's why I said godly people will be admired for the right reasons. You know, that's me being, that's me wanting to be admired for my reasons, not being admired for God. And and again, it's not about me being admired, but it's about pointing others toward Christ. And so... The purpose of wearing jewelry and chains is to feel good, to look good, and to have confidence, right? And so what does Solomon say is like ornaments or chains or like these garlands and pendants? He says, your father's instruction and your mother's teaching. Basically, the word of God, living out the word of God, living out the wisdom that your parents teach you or that your mentor teaches you, that is what looks like ornaments and chains, 
Because why are people so fascinated with jewelry? Because it looks good. It's nice. It's valuable. It makes people feel good. And so how are the teachings from mentors like precious jewels? They are valuable. They're valuable. Because they give you life and they make you feel good. And they give you wisdom and instruction and confidence in your life. And people notice it. Others can see them. They're pleasing to look at. They're pleasant. That's what Solomon means here. Is if you listen to your father's instruction and, and you do not forsake your mother's teaching and you do the things that your mentors teach you, you know, whether it be your parents or the, the older person at church or a friend who's just very mature and that you look up to, you know, and they're a good godly mentor, when you listen to the things they tell you, or most importantly, when we read our Bible and we listen to the wisdom that the Bible gives us and we apply it to our lives, it'll be like jewelry. It'll give us confidence. It'll make us look good. Because everybody wants to look good. Everybody likes attention, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to like attention. It's okay to want some recognition and to feel special. But feel special and be noticeable for the right reasons, not for the bad ones and not for selfish reasons. Be noticeable for the Lord, because when people see you doing the right things and listening to these good, this good wisdom and applying it to your life, they're going to look at you. And then they'll end up seeing that it's not you like in yourself, and it's not for selfish reasons that you're doing these things, but it's because you love God and you love the Lord. Because the question, we all like to be admired, but it's better to be admired for something that stays with you for your life. Better to be admired for something that'll save your soul. Better to be admired for something that counts. Not just some surface level jewelry or something like that, but real jewelry, real jewels that come from the Lord and that come from the wisdom of godly people. And so the three things that I believe this passage teaches us is, number one, a godly person will have godly mentors. And whoever those mentors are, you know, it's different for each of us. Godly people will, second, godly people will receive instruction well. And they themselves will receive instruction. They will receive instruction well, and I think that also means that they in turn give instruction well. And then number three, godly people are admired for the right reasons because they apply the truth and wisdom that they learn from, most importantly, the Bible, but also from their godly mentors that will help them live better lives. And that'll help them in their life, and most importantly, it'll point people to Christ. It'll point people to God. And so the lesson is simple. Listen to your parents slash godly mentors. Do not listen to foolish people. Uh, we're not going to look at all the verses after verses 8 and 9 here, but um, Solomon then goes on after these verses about don't forsake your mother's teaching or your father's instruction and hear it because it'll be like jewelry for him. And then he goes on through the rest of the chapter to kind of talk about all the negative people who will try to influence him the son, or whoever, us, away from the truth. And so, we don't need to listen to foolish people. You know, that's how Proverbs would say it. You know, people who don't like wisdom and don't listen to truth are foolish. And so, we need to listen to the good godly mentors or our parents, most importantly, the Bible and God, not to fools. Most importantly, 
listen to wisdom because that's what our parents and good mentors give us. And God, that's what God gives us through his word. And so the first lesson that we learn here in Proverbs is that the, the lesson number one that we learn in developing discernment on how to live is that we have to learn how to listen and we have to learn to whom we listen or to who we should listen to. And so as we're concluding this Thursday thought, I want you to think about are you being a godly mentor? Do you have a godly mentor? Do you receive instruction well? Do you give good instruction, godly instruction? And lastly, are you being a godly person that is being admired for the right reasons? Or are you just wanting the attention for yourself? Or are you being admired because of how much you love God and how much you're giving to Him and how dedicated you are to being His servant? And so, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope the podcast finds you well. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and Lord willing that you'll be able to tune in next week for our next episode of Thursday Thoughts. God bless, guys.